of mine, some people think we're twins, not exactly, but it's the hair, I think, that does that for us. Why don't you come on up here, Chappie? My good friend, Chappie Watis, who is going to be speaking for us today. Oh, from down here. And uh, he is, in case you don't know, he's principal at Colorado Springs Christian School down in, in uh, Colorado Springs, naturally. And he was a chaplain for how many years? Uh, 20 years, Air Force. Tw 20 years in the Air Force. And, and, uh, did a great work there, helping a lot of people. But it's a real privilege and honor to have him come and share with us. So, Chappie, uh, take it from there, and God bless you. Thank you for thank being you, here today. Brother. Thank you, thank you. You told me nobody would be here today because everybody would be on vacation. It's full. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. Let's ask God's blessings on his word today. How many of you would rather hear Jesus than me? My hand is up first. I really want to hear Jesus. I do not want to hear me, and I want the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart and to my heart. I know he put some things there, but you know, many times, even though we pastors pray and we've got some things in our heart, God changes it right in the middle. And I want you to have a word from the Lord today. Let's pray today. Would you put your hand on your own forehead? Holy Spirit, we're here today, not just physically just sitting here, but Lord, our hearts are here because we want to hear from you. Speak to me, God. Speak to me. Tell me something that, Lord God, will mold me into being more like you, to walking like you, to thinking like you, to acting like you, because Lord, all I want to do is to really just be like you. Thank you for this Thanksgiving holiday. For those that are on the road, we pray for safe travels where they're going and back. But Lord, for those of us that are here, we want you, God. Bless us, fill us with your spirit. And whatever you tell us to do, oh Lord God, we will obey. We say yes, Lord, to whatever instructions you would give us today. We love you, Jesus, and all God's children said, amen. amen. God bless you. God bless you. Today, I'm gonna um, talk a little bit about the fact that life is not fair. Life is not fair. There was a time when I was my very first base uh, as a chaplain. I had a chaplain assistant, and I'm all excited to tell the world about Jesus at the government's expense. How many of you know that's the best kind of money to spend? I want to spend my government money, and I want to tell everybody about Jesus. But I had this chaplain assistant, and I asked the chaplain assistant, I said, hey, man, you and I may go to battle together, and you love Jesus, I love Jesus, and, man, we're going to go serve God together. And he says, Chappie, I, I don't love Jesus. And I said, what do you mean you don't love Jesus? You're a chaplain assistant. Surely you love God with all your heart. He said, Chappie, what you don't know is when I was 19 years old, just a couple of years ago, um, I was dating this young lady who was going to be my fiance. And while we were in a car, and we both love Jesus with all of our hearts, she's a beautiful lady. While we were in a car, we had an accident, and I witnessed her being decapitated. He said, how could God be a loving God and do such a thing. There is no God, Chappie. Don't even try to tell me that there is, because if there were, there's no way he would have took my fiance's life. How many of you have ever heard a non-Christian say something like that? The reason why I will not come to God is because this situation, there's this situation that if there was a God, he would have changed. He would have changed it. Hey, let me get a little bit more personal. How many of you would honestly say, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a minute, when I get to heaven, there's this one question I just want to ask God, because this one thing, it doesn't make sense. If I were God, I would have done things a little different. Lift up your hand if you would say, there's this thing in my life when I get to heaven. Can I tell you that all of us have those things? In a minute, I'm going to have you share it. Those things that we would say, God, what were you thinking in this situation when this thing took place? Can I tell you when we get to heaven, first of all, we're going to thank God that we made it. 
<laughs> you ain't going to ask him any questions. It's going to be so beautiful with streets of gold and all the beautiful things we're going to see. You're not going to ask those questions. But here on this earth, on this side of heaven, we got some questions. Just for about a minute, I want you to think, what is that question you would ask of God? I want you to share it with just one person. Now, if you've got 10 questions, don't tell somebody 10 questions. Too much. Just one. If it's personal, there's this one personal thing that happened. All, you, all I want you to do is tell your neighbor, I have this thing, but it's personal, and that's okay. Again, raise your hand if you have something. Just something that when you get to heaven, I want you to just share. Just stand real quick. Stand real quick. Just for one minute. Just stand real quick. And I just want you to tell, when I get to heaven, I want to ask God about this one thing. There's this one situation. Look at the person next to you or to the behind you and share that one event, that one thing that you're saying, God, if I were God, I would do it differently. For me, it was 1984, and I had been married seven years, and uh, my wife and I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old, and we felt God was calling us as youth pastors to go to Bible college. We lived in Palm Springs area, and uh, we had to go 150 miles to go to Los Angeles. So the Lord spoke to my heart in March, and I said, honey, would you like to go? Will you go with me with the family? Because I believe if God's calling me, he's probably calling you too. She said, yes, I'll go. In June, three months later, we, got, we left our brand new, um, I'll say 1,100 square foot house with the one-year-old and the three-year-old. And we said, man, if God is good now and we're in Palm Springs area, what's it going to be like when we actually follow him and do exactly what he's telling us to do? So we left and we went to Los Angeles. We found ourselves homeless. We had to live with the pastor in a one-bedroom house for four of us. Uh, that's four of us. And then we, I couldn't find a job, so I found myself flipping burgers as we're preparing for school to start. And then within three weeks, I don't know what was in my wife's mind. She told me we're pregnant. Honey, of all the times for you to get pregnant, why would you pick this time? What's the matter with you, woman? We're homeless, jobless, and now we got a third child on the way? What are you thinking? We're trying to obey God here. What are you doing? And I'm thinking, God, this can't be right. Here we are obeying you. We have no place to live. We have no food. We have no job. How many of you say with me, that's just not right? That's not right. That's just not right. If I had it to do all over again, and in March, God would have told me, Chappie, you're going to leave home because I'm asking you to do that. You're not going to have a job right away. You're not going to have a place to live. And by the way, your wife is pregnant. I would have said, here I am, send past the parks. Hey, man, how many of you know God doesn't tell us everything ahead of time? And we go through some difficult things because we don't know the rest of the story, and it's just not fair. Well, you see the other end of the story. If God would have showed me all the things that was going to happen after 1984, I would have said, here I am, send me. But in the midst of our trouble, we're going, God, what are you thinking? If I were God, I would do this different. I'm glad you're not God. I'm glad I'm not God. It's just not fair. If something doesn't seem fair, if our God doesn't seem fair, 
Isn't it difficult to be thankful in this season if we're serving a God that just doesn't seem fair? If he's fair and I'm happy and all things are good, I can be thankful for what I have. If he's a God and it's not fair and life is not fair, how can I possibly be thankful? Would you look at your sermon outline and we're going to read this together because there was a time the disciples thought that God wasn't fair too. And they couldn't be thankful because of some things going on. And I'm going to have you stand with me and read. Men, we're going to read the odd verses. Women, you're going to read the even verses. If you have an outline, if you don't have an outline, turn to Matthew chapter 20 in your Bible. Men, you're going to begin reading with me. Ready? Begin. For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard. Ladies, he agreed and sent them into his vineyard. Men, about nine in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. So they went. He went out again about noon and about three in the afternoon and did the same thing. Because no one has hired us, they answered. He said to them, you also go and work in my vineyard. The workers who were hired about five in the afternoon came and each received a denarius. When they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. But he answered one of them, I am not being unfair to you, friend. Don't you ag didn't you agree to work for a denarius? Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? Or are you envious because I am generous? May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word. So if you have your Bibles and you were to back up just a few verses, in Matthew 19, 16, a rich young ruler came to Jesus and he says, what good thing, in Matthew 19, 16, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? And Jesus answered him because Jesus knew what he loved more than God was his money. He said, go, sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and follow me. Basically, I want to be Lord of all and all your stuff. Hmm. The rich young ruler says that he went away. How did he go away? Says that he went away. What was his attitude? Sad. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Peter said, hold your horses in verse 27. 
wait a minute, you just told this guy that if he sells everything that gives it to the poor, that he's going to have eternal life. Uh, excuse us uh, just for a second here, but, but we left our boat, we left our net, we left our fishing rod, we left everything. What's in it for us? Why? Because, say it with me, it's just not fair. Say it with me. It's just not fair to the children in the congregation. How many of you have heard our children say, it's just not fair? It's not fair, Peter said, or the disciples said. We've left everything. Then Jesus went on to say in verse 28, 28, I tell you the truth, which means that please get this. Get this. Everyone who has left houses, brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers, children, fear for my sake and my kingdom, will, for my sake, will receive the hundred times more. Can I tell you, saints, how many of you have left something to follow Jesus? You've left something. You had to leave something behind. Uh, I want to see those six hands again because I want to know how did the others of you come to Christ. If you've left drugs, you've left sin, you've left friends, you've left something, it's going to cost you something to come to Christ. Am I right? It's going to cost you something. But Jesus is saying, though it may cost you something, listen, it's not all over. For I am going to make a hundred times more and you will have eternal life. He says in verse 30, in my kingdom, many who are first will be last, but many who are last will be first. I wish it was like that in Disney World when you go there. Because I'm in the back of the Space Mountain line, and I wish they would just turn it around so I could be, amen? I mean, I just think that's just right. But we're not in heaven. So we begin this parable. Jesus says, listen, guys, let me tell you this parable. And I think this parable is for us. He says in this parable, and he's about to talk about an owner of the vineyard. Who owns the vineyard? Who's the owner representing? God, representing God. He says, listen, in Palestine, because I'm going to tell you about this owner, the grapes in September were ready. They were ripe. They were ready for harvest. And what would happen is the owners of the vineyard would know if they leave that stuff, if they leave the grapes out there really long, then, of course, they're going to die. So he wanted to get as many workers out there to reap that harvest or pull that harvest before all the grapes were ruined. The day workers would quickly go out and harvest these grapes, and that's how they would make money. Well, let me hear something about these day workers. They would bring their work tools at 6 a.m. in the morning, and they would want to be hired as quickly as possible so they could feed their family. They were day workers. The only thing that was probably close to being the same as a day worker would be a slave, except for a slave had a little bit better. If you have a rich master and you're a slave, you're going to eat every day. It may not be the finest of food, but someone's hiring you and you're going to be okay. If you're a day worker and you get no work for that day, you have no food. So mama sent you out every day to go out and work, and you were hoping at 6 p.m., which is the beginning of the Jewish day, to come home and to be able to buy diapers and food and to be able to feed your family. The, the day workers were hungry folks who really wanted to work hard and take care of their families. So this landowner, it says, would pay them a denarius. I don't know what the average person makes a day, but let's just say if the minimum wage is $10 an hour, this owner is really fair. He's going to give them $20 an hour. After working 12 hours, how, many, how much dollars will he make that day? $240. So these workers who would begin their work are going to make $240. For some of us, we would say, hmm, that's pretty good. Others of us would say, but I'm worth $50 an hour. Well, for those of you, $220 an hour is going to be okay for today. Amen? Amen. It'll be okay. 
So it says in verse 1, the very first point I want to make to you, say God is fair. Even though things may seem unfair, God is fair. God is fair. Would you agree? You say, I'm just not sure. It says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning. It's 6 a.m. And he goes out in the vineyard. I mean, he goes out in the city and he finds these day workers. And he says, hey, guys, I'm going to pay you $240 to work this day. Are you cool with that? They said, absolutely. $240 taken at home to mama is going to be great. How did the workers feel at that moment? Somebody tell me. How'd they feel? They felt great. It's 6 a.m. We're not going to stand out here till 10, 11, or 12. We're having food tonight. They're excited. Why? Because the landowner or God is fair. Now we go to verse 3. Just three hours later, remember those guys are making $20 an hour. It says that about 9 a.m., three hours later, 9 a.m. in the morning, he went out and saw others standing in the marketplace doing what? doing nothing. And he says, hey guys, he told them, you also, hey guys, want to work, want to feed your family? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't know where we were at 6 a.m., but we didn't know you were here. But will you take us? And look at what it says. It says, and I will pay you whatever is right. Time out. You're going to pay us whatever's right. How many of you would go and work on a job where the employer would say, hey, come and work for me. I'm going to pay you what is right. Time out. Before you pay me what's right, what's my health benefits? Oh, there's a dental plan with this. Do I get an optical plan with this? I mean, do I get a retirement plan with this? Hey, we're just going to pay you what's right. They said, yeah, 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 yeah. Why? Because we got work. And if this landowner is looking for us and we're doing nothing, we're just going to trust him to pay us whatever's right. Somebody say, trust the Lord. Point number two, it says, God is always right. He's always fair. Now, that's pretty easy to say. Look at your life right now. God is always right. He's always fair. You're always getting your just due. Some of us are saying, I don't like this preacher right now because he hasn't seen my life. He doesn't understand what's going on in my life. It's just not fair. This God who you say is awesome, when I look at my life, it's not all that I expected it to be. Say it's not over yet. God is not done yet. He's not done. It says he went out at noon. He went out at three. And in verse six says he also went out at five in the afternoon. He went out and found still others around who he asked, hey, what are you doing? They said nothing. Come work in my vineyard and I will pay you what is right. Again, I'm not going to mathematically do this. But the guys that started at six <laughs> were making $20 an hour. I'm not going to do the math. But the guys that are working at nine, if they were to get one denarius, we don't even know what the guy's going to pay them. But they're working and working less. And it just doesn't seem that it's actually fair. But it's who owns the vineyard? The owner does. God does. And he's very caring and very generous. And he's going to take care of those he hired. Then he went out at five o'clock. Now, we're talking one hour before the Flintstone horn is going to blow. Before it's going to blow, he went out and he saw these guys. Now, the Bible doesn't say so, but these guys had no work to do. Now, they're out there. The chances of them finding work is really slim. I don't know why they weren't hired, but let's just suppose. Maybe these guys, these guys weren't hired because they were disabled. Maybe they were blind. Maybe they didn't have the skills that the other guys had. But the owner says, 
hey, dude, if you come work for me, I'm going to pay you what is right. We, the guys didn't care about the retirement benefits. If he just paid them a dollar for that one hour, that's a dollar more we're going to have on our table because they just didn't care. They just were glad that there's a gracious owner at 5 p.m. that would hire them in this late hour to come and work in their field. This is a really nice owner. Would you guys agree? My God's a good God. Whether you're the 6 o'clock worker or the 5 o'clock worker, he's very generous. He's very caring. Well, how generous is he? Point number three, I'm going to let God be God. Now, that's not easy to do because I know many of us in this room would love to be God sometime. I wouldn't want you to be my God, nor would you want me to be your God. But our God, who's very generous, he's very kind. Look at verse 8. It's now payday because they get paid every day. Verse 8 says, when 6 p.m. or evening came, the owner went to the foreman and he said to the foreman, call all the workers and pay them their wages beginning with the 5 o'clock people, then the 3 o'clock, then the noon guys, then the 9 a.m. guys, and then we got the 6 a.m. guys who are going, yeah, 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 give us our 240. We can't wait to be paid. But the owner says, pay these guys first. Now, wait a minute. We've been out here 12 hours, and this guy's been out here an hour. He's got money in his hand before me. Somebody say, that ain't right. That ain't right. But okay, you're going to pay him first. So the owner goes, and he pays him, this 5 p.m. worker, he pays him $240. Now, those guys are looking at this 100, 200, 20, 40. They're going, huh. $240, and they worked one hour, and they're getting paid first. What were they kind of thinking? Hey, this owner in verse 10, if he's paying them $240, what do you think they were thinking? What do you think they were thinking? Let me hear it. Let me hear it. I'm getting more. If they're getting $240 for one hour, let me get my calculator out. Sugar to sugar to sugar to sugar to. One hour, 240, 12 hours times 240. I can't do the math in my head, but it's over $1,000. Somebody say amen. We're getting paid, baby. It's coming at us. We're just so excited. Hey, listen, I am so happy with my life until I start comparing my life with others. Can I tell you at Colorado Springs Christian School, there are three principles. The elementary school principal has been working at 35 years as a principal. The high school principal has working as a principal for five years. I've been working as a principal there for just three years. Guess what? I have no idea what the other guys get paid. And I am so happy. But can I tell you, I love the Lord with all my heart. But if I knew principal A was getting $10 million a year and principal B was getting $10 million a year, and I'm getting $3,000 a year for doing my job. How many of you know I'm not happy anymore? I mean, I'm just plain old like not happy. I'm doing the same job for the same best kids in the whole nation, but I got a problem. What's my problem? My problem is I'm comparing. I have no idea what they make. Why? Because it's none you. It's none of my business what they make, nor do I care. I do not care that the person next door to me has this big car and this camper. All I know is that God, you blessed me with the best looking girl in our high school. She married me. What an idiot. She married me. 
and I'm doing good. Lord, you blessed me to be tall, dark, and handsome. Not tall, light, and handsome, but tall, dark, and handsome. God, I'm so glad with that. But then I find as I'm totally happy and thankful, all of a sudden I look at what other people have. I went to Costco about two weeks ago, and when I went to Costco, this older gentleman said, Chappie, oh, he didn't know my name. He said, sir, I have a degenerative disease in my hands, and would you help me unload my uh, cartons and put it in my trunk? And I said, sure. He said, man, I'm 73 years old, and the body's just not what it used to be. And I said, hey, man, no problem. It's my joy to help you do this. And he said, yeah. He says, I'm going to put this in, and I'm headed back to the Broadmoor. I go, well, why are you going to the Broadmoor? He says, well, I live on the golf course. I said, hold up a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You live on the golf course of the Broadmoor. He says, yes, but I don't live on hole number one. I live in the ghetto. I, hit, I live like hole number eight or nine. I go, time out, time out, time out. I went to the golf, Broadmoor to play golf. It's $350 per round, but you can't even play unless you pay $100,000 a year, and you live on the property. He goes, yeah, but I live in the ghetto part of Broadmoor. I go, you need to see my house so you know where to get it. And I'm, then I start comparing. I didn't like my house anymore. You know, I'm thinking like, Lord, I, I want to be like him. Whenever we compare, whenever we assume, we get angry. In verse 11, see, I'm going to be one of two people. I'm going to be so thankful for a God who is fair with me, or I'm going to be very sad with a God that's unfair because I'm looking at the lives of others around me or feeling like I deserve more. Verse 11 says that when they received it, they began to grumble against the landowner. Please hear this. When the 6 a.m. guys got mad, they didn't go to the 5 p.m. guys and say, you guys are a bunch of sluggers. You need to give us some of that money. We want to talk to you. Why do you think you deserved it? Who did they go to? The landowner. When you feel your life is unfair, you need to go to God about it. You need to go to God and just tell him exactly how you feel. Psalm 73, God, I surely love you with all my heart, but my foot almost slipped as I look at the envious. I get envious of the wicked. Lord, they have no pain. They prosper. They buy new cars, said Psalm 73. Everything is wonderful in their lives. When for me, I suffer every day. I go through a lot of hardships. And then it says, but then I entered into the house of the Lord, and I remember what God has done for my life, and I realize what happens with the envious. Can I tell you, do not compare your life with the lives of others. Do not whine or grumble. If you are going to grumble, talk to God about it, and then he'll remind you of the hot hell that you were going to go to were it not for him sending his son. If all he gave us was his son, somebody say amen. If he forgave you of all your sins and he made you good looking, if that's all he did, somebody say amen. If you have a refrigerator, but it doesn't have steak and caviar in it, but it has bologna and cheese, it's got food, somebody say amen. If you're homeless, but you got a tent with a heater and you're living knowing that God is one day going to provide you a job, just say amen. Don't compare yourself with the Broadmoor. Don't compare yourself with the good looking people like me. He didn't make everybody good looking. You just can't have these looks. But you got what you got, and you need to be thankful because somebody say, God is fair. God is fair. God is fair. Even though life may not seem that way, God is fair. Verse 13, the owner says, where, 
He says to these folks who came to him with their complaint, and I love that they went to him. He says, where am I not fair? Didn't you guys agree to work for one denarius? And I paid you your 240. So why are you complaining? He goes on in verse 14 and says, take your pay and go. Your co-workers had to feed their family. Doesn't milk cost the same for them as it costs for you? Isn't their rent going to be just as high as yours? If I want to pay these guys who worked one hour, who I am gracious if I want to do that, can I do that if I want to? I'm not taking your money. I'm giving you what I promised. Somebody say amen. amen. This is what God wants us to hear. He's God. If he wants someone in here to have a bigger house, a bigger farm, that's God. I'm going to accept what he's blessed me with. I want to be excited. He says, I want to give those hired last the same pay because I'm a generous and I'm a gracious God. Don't I have the right? Come on, God. Preach to him. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my own money? And then he closes and says, are you envious because I'm generous or are you being selfish? Hmm, I don't see an answer from those guys about that. Hey, God, it blesses me when I see this brother prosper. Why? Because first of all, it ain't his stuff anyway. It belongs to God. Somebody say amen. And if my heavenly father wants to bless him, then I'm excited because the same God that can bless him, he's going to bless me too. Amen. And even more than that, the stuff is not even his because his casa is me casa too. Why? It all belongs to God. Brother, I'm coming on over and have me a sandwich over your house. Is that all right? Because our God provided for you. Can I have a sandwich at your house? And he's going to say yes. And if he's stingy with his sandwiches, what's God going to do to him? He ain't going to have no more sandwiches himself because that's our God blessing him. And I'm so God glad when God heals you. That means he's a healer. He can heal me. When God blesses you, he's going to bless me. Let's not be envious. Let's be thankful for our gracious God. Hey, listen, I don't know in this room. Maybe we have some 6 a.m. people who've been working really hard and think they deserve so much more. Can I tell you, you don't deserve anything more, and neither do I. I have everything I need, and my God is going to provide for me. Amen? Are you going to be the kind of person who trusts in a God that is fair? God is right, and God, I'm going to let God be God in my life, or am I going to be the kind of person that's going to be envious and jealous? Listen what this verse says in Deuteronomy 32.4. It says this. Deuteronomy 32.4 says, He is the rock. His works are perfect. God never says oops. And and all his ways are just. A faithful God who does no wrong. Upright and just he is. That's our God. He's very fair. Romans 9.20. Shall what is formed, chappy, say to the one who formed it, God, why did you make me like this? Why are you blessing me? I don't have a right to do that. All I have to do is say thank you, God, for being in my life. In Hebrews 13, it says this. Keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have. How many of you would say, God, help me to be content with what I have? Hey, just because it's Black Friday or Black Saturday or Black Sunday, if you don't have the money, be content with what you have. 
because it's only a sale if you were going to buy it anyway. If you don't have any money, it ain't a sale. You're just going broke. You're going into debt, right? So don't be sucked in. Be very content with what you have. Joyce Myers says this, life is not fair, but God is fair. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, we are Christians in this room, and maybe there will be some that are not. We know of things that from this side of heaven look like it's unfair. It's unjust, Lord God. Why would you allow such a thing to happen? Lord, when we get to heaven, we're going to understand all things. But while on this earth, we have questions that we just have to be like those workers in the field. We have to trust you to do what is right. We don't have the answer to why there's starvation in the world. We don't have the answer to why so many are homeless while they're right down the street from those who have mansions. We don't know why. We just know that it's a fact. God, in my life, I'm no longer going to say, God is not fair. Life is not fair. It only seems unfair. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, since you've been a little boy or a little girl, uh, you are in this room and you would say, God, I've been mad at you. I have to be honest. I don't feel like it's been fair. If that's you, just lift up your hand. Don't look around. Just lift up your hand. I want to pray for you. I just don't feel like life has been fair. I see four or five hands around the room. Would you lift up the second hand if you would say, God, but I'm going to trust in you. Lift up the second hand and surrender to God. Father, I don't understand why stuff happened in my life. It happened. It wasn't right. Where were you? But God, I don't know those answers right now, but with both hands lifted in the air, I'm saying, God, I surrender my life to you because, Lord, life seems like it's not fair, but my God is fair. In some way in the end, you're going to work this stuff out. And God, no longer am I going to be like those 6 a.m. workers who assumed, who complained. But Lord, I'm going to be like those 5 p.m. workers and say, God, I don't deserve it, but I'm going to trust that you're going to work it all out. You're going to work it all out. Lord, with both hands up in the air, I surrender my total life to you. And I'm looking forward to the good that's going to come from the stuff that seemed unfair. You may put your hands down. Heads are bowed and eyes are still closed. If you're here today and you would honestly say, you know, Lord Jesus, wow, in my life, I don't deserve anything. But Jesus, right now, the one thing I need is I need to have you in my life. I don't deserve to be paid at all. But like those 5 p.m. PM workers, I need to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I've never done that before. On this Thanksgiving Saturday, of all the things for me to do, I need to give my heart to Christ. If you've never given your heart to Christ, would you just lift your hand and say, today, I want to give God the greatest gift I could ever give. I want to give him me. I want to give him me. Is there anyone that would say that? Is there anyone that would say, God, I've given my life to you. But on this November the 25th day, I need to recommit my life. I've wandered from that commitment. Lift up your hand if you say, God, I need to come on back home. I need to recommit. I rededicate my life to you today. I see those two hands. Lord Jesus, I pray for those who are rededicating their life to you. They're starting off afresh. Lord, they started off again, being born again and giving their hearts to you. And Lord, they've seen because of the, the temptations of this world where they've wandered to the left or to the right, get them back on that narrow road. Get them off that wide road. Get them back on this narrow road. Forgive them of all their sins. Whatever it was that Satan used to tempt them to wander away, we bind Satan in Jesus' name and Holy Spirit with open arms. You welcome them back home. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you are a fair God. We're not complaining, but we're thanking you for your fairness. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, amen. God bless you.